What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to Modern Day Marketer. I'm your host, Brett McGrath. I lead marketing at The Juice. We are back with some content for you. We were off last week. I needed a brain break. I was out on vacation. I got my man, Jonathan Gandalf, the CEO at The Juice, back on the podcast. We are talking about some founder-driven topics, most specifically vision. So we revisit some of the vision-setting stuff that we talked about earlier on in this podcast existence. We release follow topics on The Juice a couple weeks ago by the time this goes live. So I'm excited to share this conversation with you. If you like what we're doing over here, follow, subscribe, hit all the buttons. Most importantly, tell a friend and sign up for the juice. Get access to the largest library of marketing and sales resources for free. Sign up today. Link is in the show notes. Without further ado, let's kick into the conversation. It has been a while since we have done one of these. Jonathan, this feels good to be kind of back in the saddle talking about marketing topics, most specifically content with you. I know you just got back from a little voyage, a little north of us. How are you doing? You feeling good? I'm feeling good. I'm wondering what I said on a previous podcast that caused you to stop inviting me to the podcast, but I'm glad you're over it. And thanks for the invite back. I'm excited to get back in the saddle today. I, I want to remind you, you, you approve the the modern day marketing podcast it goes through you so any time you want to hop on and you're feeling left out just say I'll, i'm gonna pull the plug on this thing brett part of the ceo's role is to tell you what to do and then complain about it when you do it so i'm just trying to fulfill the job responsibilities here awesome well as we record this this is gonna go this is gonna go out a little bit later than probably normal when we do these things but I'm taking a, I'm taking a little a break I'm taking a vacation so we're going to just put pause Who approved that? That you approve we see we do these L10s and we have these uh time off and we what we do is like weeks in advance months even we put in our time off so I'm assuming you can look at it and judge who's going to be working and not is that right or not? We'll allow it I guess. <laughs> but anyways as we record this we're on a launch day which I love launch days. We got in a habit. We've gotten in a habit of doing one every month, especially this quarter, which I think is fun. Companies that I've always admired ship stuff out often and uh, do the whole marketing push around it. So I feel like we've gotten into the groove of that. But the what we shared with the market today as we record this is follow topics or the ability of our members on the platform to follow the topics that matter to them to kind of shrink the sea of content that's coming at them. So I'm, I'm, we're going to dig into that a little bit. I want to kind of go back to kind of the vision of the juice and then just talk a little bit about how follow topics fits in, but maybe to kick things off, I was looking in Slack and you know we did the hey here's our social post share this stuff here's all the things you need to know for the launch today but your comment in slack was like something to the effect of like this is awesome i actually demoed it today so maybe talk about like that like you obviously felt something you expressed it to the rest of the team in the channel but share a little bit of perspective of like what was coming from you when you shared that message and maybe the demo itself and talk a little bit about that it was very it felt very natural it felt like the traditional kind of consumer experience we have of things that i'm interested in being curated for me i love our product and engineering team because they ship all the time they just ship and 
like I knew we were doing this launch today and I I had a sales demo at 10 a.m. And, uh, you know, logged in, going through my demo. I was like, oh, there's new content from not a brand that I follow, not a creator follow, but it was because I follow, I think this one was social media marketing. I was getting relevant content. And I, like literally the first piece of content was from, gosh, I want to, it wasn't HubSpot. It was some brand. And I was like, oh yeah, like I know they make really great content. This looks like a great piece of content. Boom, add it to my li library and done. But it like, it's cool that we can ship something that big and that new. And it just flows right into demo, flows right into what we're trying to do. And again, just feels very, very natural that like, I didn't have to adjust my storyline or, or what we're selling or what we're doing. It was like a pleasant surprise. And literally like on the demo, I was like, oh, that's new. Like, check this out. Let's let's see it together for the first time. So it was a really cool experience and, and part of our vision coming to life. So one of the things that I think I heard from you from maybe even in the interview process before I jumped on board at the Juice, one word that kind of stuck out and something that has been like, a so it's, it's been a word that's been kind of woven in and out of just the history of the Juice is this word curation. And I think about curation from the perspective of, of brands. And I think about curation from the perspective of consumers. And I want to dig into that a little bit, but like at, when I started using follow topics and I started seeing it come to life and then also like being the marketer is trying to like promote this thing. Like the more and more I talked about it, like the one thing word that I kept coming back to was just like curation. Like this is giving, you know, our members the ability to curate their own experience. So I know curation has been a part of the vision of the juice since day one, but maybe talk, like talk a little bit about that and the vision, and then maybe just how this and following topics might be kind of a step in that direction. I can do that. I'm so sorry if my dog ends up participating in this podcast episode. Uh, we are work from home Wednesday and I've got a whining dog in the background. Yes, Brett, I remember you and I have been talking about curation since before you even started at the juice. Um, and I, you know, a big part of the uh, talk track has been that curation is more impactful than creation. There, nobody is sitting around, I don't think, unless they're psychopaths saying, I really wish there was more content for me to consume. Like we are all overwhelmed by the amount of content that's out there. What we're all sitting around and saying is, how do I find the right content, right? And content we use so vaguely and so broadly, but you could be saying that about movies, music, fashion, real estate, right? Uh, and across all those, all those mediums, medias, there's a, there's a platform that curates the right thing for you. If you want to buy a house, right? You've been through this. I would suspect you didn't go to century21.com. You didn't go to remax.com. You went to Zillow or Redfin or Real, realtor.com, opened up the app on your phone, typed in a zip code and everything was curated for you, right? And you probably filtered on how many bedrooms you wanted, how many bathrooms you wanted, right? That just hadn't happened in the B2B content space. And so like, I was, I mean, we were sitting around in the early days and like, how do we take this sea of content that you've been talking about a lot today in the, in the previous days? And like, you know, separate the the signal from the noise and just make it easier for B2B consumers. It is so crazy. Uh, and now I'm ranting. I knew this was going to happen on this episode. But it is so crazy that maybe the thing that is most high value to our lives, right? Like to our livelihood that drives the income we can make and the the what we can provide for our families, for ourselves is not curated for us. We make it hard on ourselves. Like we curate everything that we do for fun 
but maybe the most high value resources that we need to be better at our job, make better decisions, move faster, be more efficient. Uh, we make really hard on ourselves and, and that's what we're setting out to fix. So um, I want to talk about like uh, brands and brands. When I say brands, I'm I'm mostly including, I'll like, I'll raise my hand in just the spirit of like, I have contributed to this in the problem in the past. You like hit the consumer side and we're going to go back to that, but just like focusing a little bit on brands. Like when I was like preparing to talk about this publicly, like the one place that I went to just to like gain perspective was, and we've talked about it a little bit, but the the updated Scott Breaker's uh, super graphic. And I, it's like the more and more that thing gets published, like the, the less and less clear, like the dots on that graph are. And so like, I think the number was like 11,000 plus MarTech companies are on that chart this year. You think about that chart, you think about just every one of them has a marketing team. And I'm assuming all of those marketing teams have content people. And those content people are creating new content weekly and in a lot of cases based on some survey data that you did kind of right as the juice was up and running those people are create those creators are producing new pieces every day so it's just like a stockpile non-stop content coming being produced constantly constantly and the the companies grow and grow and grow and so we're everyone's competing for the same attention with the same content and what you referenced before it's like it puts the consumer, we're on content overload. There's just way too much content. So maybe talk a little bit about, I know it's really hard on the brand side, but it's really hard to stop what you're doing because it's like, you don't see that law of diminishing returns maybe in real time. You really have to take some steps back and like think about the era that we're moving into just as marketers and consumers. But talk a little bit about that from the brand side and just like, the understanding that like your consumers are living this these lives where they're everything's being curated and then when they step in and they go to work like it's not only a pain in the ass to find the right content but also like there are like 20 brands every day sending more and more content and so all of a sudden we just kind of pause as consumers and are like all right we put our hands up like i have no idea what where to even start because i don't even have time to siphon through all this so maybe like talk a little bit about that experience on the on the brand side and like what what do we what should we do as marketers to to better satisfy the needs and desires of the people that we're trying to reach. Yeah, so at its core that is why we started the juice. I as a B2B marketer was so sick and tired of spending a ton of time, energy, effort and resources both human and financial creating a piece of content putting it on our website, sending it to our email list, promoting it on social and doing it all over again, three days later, and then all over again, three days later. And whatever that piece was, you did six days ago, nine days ago, whatever it was, it gets buried on your website. It might not rank on the first page of, for, for Google. You're not promoting it anymore and people can't find it on your website. I, I call it now internet purgatory, right? Like you've created this piece of content. Now it's just living out in internet purgatory, not providing the brand any value, not providing an audience any value either. So at its core, that's why uh, we built what we did. Now, I think for brands, uh, you mentioned, I think like slow down and like understand what it is they need to do. I, and I think that's exactly what they need to do is they need to slow down. I, I gave a uh, presentation at a G2 conference during COVID when everything was virtual. So I was actually sitting in my living room doing it. But um, it was like, if, if brands would stop and spend 
you know, let's say right now they're spending 90% of their time creating content, maybe 10% distributing or let's call it curating, making sure the right content's getting to the right person at the right time. Like that, that's probably, I'm probably underestimating the amount of time and energy that people are spending creating. But if you could get that to 50, 50 and say, Hey, we, we have good content because we work with a lot of brands and their content's fantastic, but they're just, they've got this muscle memory. They're on this hamster wheel of create, create, create. We've got a new email. We've got a new email. We've got a new ad. It needs new content. And it's like, stop, slow down. Like look at your data. What's resonated previously. Let's redistribute that. Let's atomize that. Let's turn that ebook into a blog post. Let's turn that blog post into a podcast episode. Let's like seasonality, I think is another big opportunity. Like, okay, let's create a piece of content that's about going into budgeting season. And like every year, let's just like refresh that, right? Like if you find something that works instead of like going back to the well and starting from scratch, like, like let's just repurpose that, recreate, you know, recreate it where it's just like you're tweaking it as opposed to starting from scratch. I think brands just need to slow down and ultimately they need access to data that helps them do that. I think there's a lot of marketers up the, out there who don't have the time to dig into the data. And honestly, like I think sometimes the data that marketers are dealt is overly complex. And uh, if you can simplify it, it's easier to make decisions based on. So the, uh, I remember in rec- call and i think i was digging through some of your old notes on that presentation uh but from boring to bingeable uh was the talk that you gave uh, in g2 and i think one yeah hey i've got recall i think one of the in in thinking about that one of the the this kind of goes through this conversation and what we've been talking about but just as brands like we should optimize for the consumer who is like when they're done from work getting that Netflix experience and being delivered like recommendations that are based on their own interests, but there hasn't been necessarily like infrastructure in place to help, you know, make that a reality in a way that is like aligns kind of directly with the, the consumer experience. And I think like, that's kind of what we've been charging towards since, you know, we've you know been building the juice I'm thinking about topics and I think about like consumers and like if someone today signed up for the juice, and I, I think we've we've got some people signing up today, which is good because we're promoting people to sign up. But if they go and then they follow like, you know, artificial intelligence and they go follow, follow social media marketing and then they go and check out their feed, there are going to be articles, podcast episodes, uh, guides, ebooks, videos, you name it from brands that are actively talking about those topics, which is great because that's really great for the consumer. And we hope more consumers tell their friends and more people come on board. And by the way, if you're listening to this episode and you haven't joined the juice already, there's going to be a link in the show notes, join it's free. Like as a brand, like as a brand, like how do you think brands should be thinking about that? Like we're a business, a software business that's making it easier for consumers on our platform to read, access content on topics that they give a shit about instead of wasting their time. Like how do, how should brands be thinking about this? Knowing that, you know, we're in the curation business and we're trying to make members on our platforms lives easier with content that's being created by these brands. So I'll give a personal example. One of the topics I am following right now is NRR, 
we, like every other software business in the world, are incredibly sensitive to NRR right now. I don't know who in the hell helps businesses with NRR. Like customer success software, probably. Gainsight, I know a previous CS leader that bought Gainsight. So I assume they do that. I don't know exactly. I mean, I know what Gainsight does, but like, I wouldn't, I know we can't afford them. I know we're not in the market for them, but like, I am trying to get better at NRR. And, but I don't know who out there can help us with that. Right. So if I don't even know who's out there, there is no shot in hell that I'm going to their website. I don't even know where to go. Right. And if you Google it, it's a complete nightmare. It's a complete mess. People are just paying to be there. You're not getting people who, are necessarily good at helping you with NRR, producing good content, you're getting people with the deepest SEO budgets or the most sophisticated SEO programs, right? So now what's happening is instead of having to figure that mess out or not knowing where you're going, I'm following NRR on the juice. And sure enough, I'm now going to get a steady flow of content from brands that are talking about NRR. It's gonna make me smarter. Something could strike my curiosity. And that could become something that I look into buying for our business. And so I'm being introduced to potential solutions, whether that's just written content and advice or potential like technology we could buy, right? And then the other nuance to that is there are businesses out there. So not, you know, there's an account-based marketing software vendor company. They're not always producing content on account-based marketing, right? Like they might be producing content on how to run a successful SKO, how to create a, how to create a marketing slide presentation for the boardroom, right? And so like, again, their audience might be going to their website for ABM, but they're trying to reach a net new audience with this new topic. So I think it's, it's duly beneficial by introducing your topic to an audience that doesn't know you exist. That's the NRR example, but also helping you spread and grow your potential total addressable market by getting the actual topics you're writing about in front of the actual audience that cares about it. So in this example, and I want anyone who works at a brand and in marketing at a brand who's listening to consider this, because as you were talking through the NRR example, I immediately went towards this. If I'm going to Google and I'm typing in NRR or NRR software, the first you know 10 results are likely going to be paid spots where I click the button and then I get go to a landing page that likely has a form and then there's some copy. And so I'm supposed to fill out this form and then to get access to what a demo or some ebook. Some now, if you kind of take that same experience and you go to the juice, then you know, instead of that, you're getting access to content that gives you the opportunity to understand not just the problem you're solving, but the tone of the brand and you're beginning to build that relationship as a consumer with a brand, like you mentioned, Gainsight, which maybe over time we eventually make a purchase from. So I don't know. It just seems to me that thinking in the mindset of curation and starting this relationship with your content first with brands is mostly like, it's like coming from a place of abundance and it's playing the long game. And over time, like if you're doing it and curating to the right people, people are eventually going to raise their hand when they need your problem. But I feel like what we've, the problem we've had as B2B marketers is we've been so transactional. So maybe like talk a little bit about that, like that balance between like investing in curation and playing the long game versus I'm just going to keep doing this thing, even though there's diminishing returns. I know that if I keep pumping in money here, that eventually someone's going to fill out the form and then my sales rep's going to have someone to call. Real quickly, I, I Googled NRR and this is part of the, part of this is just an exercise in niching down, right? 
the entire world literally is using Google. So the first result for Googling NRR is how to use the noise reduction rating. It's not what I'm looking for. The next like six results are how do you calculate NRR? What is NRR? People all creating or all competing for SEO, a lot of noise reduction rating, some ads. It's a mess. It's not helpful. So just B2B SaaS, like we've, we've niched down and already made it easier. Brett, what was your question? Yeah. So I, I was just the balance between like the existing, let me invest in Google, not being helpful, oh, yeah. but hoping someone's going to fill out a landing page that my sales rep's going to call versus playing the long game and investing in this idea of curation where you, people might not see your content and call you right away. But like if you're curating the right content consistently, people are eventually going to raise their hand and come find you when they have a problem that they know you can solve. Right. And it's, you see all of the data out there. I've seen different numbers, you know, 67%, 81%, 90%. Sales people buying technology aren't, they don't want to talk to sales first and foremost. And B, they're like 90% of the way to a purchasing decision by the time they do talk to sales. So, like, they are educating themselves with or without, whether or not you want to believe that, with or without you being along for the ride. They're educating themselves. That's how buyers like to buy. Um, so you need to make sure you're educating them. And this is why, Brett, this is a conversation you and I have so regularly. Like we try to write a lot of content around like educating them, you know, on the pain point and like really trying to like that's the hook, right? Is like what's the pain you have? And then obviously we're the solution for that. But I think buyers, it's part of the reason I think PLG product led growth is so popular right now. Product tours are really popular right now. That is all in this movement to people buying software, they don't want to go through a sales process. There's nothing I hate more than a 30 or 45 minute discovery call. I'm really proud of the way we sell. We sell pretty large contracts and one call, you know, a lot of times. And like, because again, I think we've, A, we believe the the buyers educated themselves. And I think we do a good job of educating them ahead of time. And if they, they know who we are, I think we can rely on that. So I think it's all about education. And like I said, whether or not you want to believe it, buyer doesn't want to talk to you. So your content better help them down that path. So I'm excited about what we're doing in making the lives of the consumers or members on the platform easier and more easy to find the right content and also more relatable to their own experiences that they have outside of their professional work. We're going to continue to be promoting these messages. And I'm hoping, you know, brands take notice of this, that this is the way that the, the world is shifting in B2B marketing and sales content. So follow topics, awesome release. Definitely go check it out on the juice. Maybe before I let you go, Jonathan, I know there's a lot of, we're talking about a lot of different things just in terms of like pushing the product forward, just different innovations. We have awesome product meetings regularly. Is there anything that like we've been talking about or themes that kind of gets you pumped up just in terms of thinking about where our product's going to be going, you know, in a month, two months, three months from now? I'm looking at, so my my desk is like white, a whiteboard. I'm looking over to the left because I have a section that I've, I've saved off and it's it's titled Roadmap. And there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 items on it that I've just scribbled down over the last two no days. No pressure, Chris. Yeah, we're getting ready to go through a roadmap exercise for Q3 and beyond. 
And so I'm making sure I don't lose those things. And I think for me, it's, you know, AI, ding, ding, ding. We hit the AI buzzword for the podcast. There are some cool use cases that I'm really excited about. That is everybody's using AI to help them sell. Uh, there's a huge opportunity for us to use AI to help people buy, which I think, or help people consume content, which I think I'm really excited about and just kind of flip, flips the paradigm a little bit. I get mocked relentlessly because I bring up Slack integration, I think, in every meeting that's appropriate and even in meetings where it's not appropriate. And so I'm, I'm really excited for a Slack integration coming soon as well. But it's all on the same topic that we've been talking about, right? Like modernizing that B2B content experience, both for content creators and content consumers. It's all in the same vision. So we're really excited to just keep leaning into that. You've become a... Slack integration meme, Jonathan. And I hope that you know that like I've been I've been in the background just like slowly advocate. I've got like the Slack integration flag. I might not be waving it as mighty as you, but I got it in the background. I, I, I believe in that. Hopefully people enjoyed this conversation. We haven't had one of these in a while. Get a kind of behind the scenes look at kind of how we're thinking, what we're working on, and just how we see the industry moving, especially on the B2B marketing and sales side. Go follow Topics on the Juice if you're not signed up already what are you doing link is in the show notes jonathan i promise you the next time you're on this podcast it won't be you won't have to wait so long we're going to come up with cool topics we're going to get the ceo perspective i think people like these episodes i'm glad i'm off suspension thank you for that brett all right man we'll talk to you soon talk soon always enjoy catching up with jonathan hopefully you got some insight on just what we're thinking, how we're working, and the things that we're building at The Juice. Love the ability to follow topics. Go become a member. It is free in the show notes. We'll be back. We got a fun one for you on Friday. Palmer Houchins, head of marketing at G2. We're talking about the ROI story and how to build it. Take care of yourself. We'll be back soon.